Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello. Hello. You there? I'm there, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, hey, what's up? Not much, man. What's up with you? I don't know. I thought, you know, could this could be just like a, a regular phone call. It could be a regular phone call. It's not unlike... But you know what? Hmm. It's actually a podcast. It is a podcast. <laughs> that, was a, that was what we in the business like to call a bait and switch. Ooh. You fancy. get people to think it's a phone call and then... Well, pow, Switch it it's on a them. podcast, <laughs> but now you're invested. Yep. Um, I'm Chloe. I'm Maura. And this is Historically Badass Broads. It's a podcast where I talk about awesome ladies from history and Chloe doesn't know I'm going to talk about them, but then we enjoy talking about them together. It's true. I, uh, I did not study history in college like Maura did. Yes. So I don't have the same uh, depth of knowledge and of history. Read and obsession, to... listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so you're here to educate me, educate our listeners. Or entertain. No, this is a purely educational podcast. <laughs> it's a lecture, guys. It's a four-hour lecture. It's in a couple parts. Um the problem is we will that's be... not above me. Um but <laughs> Well, if we can charge admission tuition. Mm, mm. No, no. Tuition is a word that really, it digs Strikes into your fear. soul a, yes. a little bit deeper than admission. It's a horrific word. No one wants to hear that word. It sure is. But hey, you've all been given a scholarship to, to Historically Badass Broads. The institution. The, the learning center. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked an awesome one this, this month. Um Okay. I'll be honest I'm with excited. you, I, was, I, I like to look at like what the national month is or international month of blah, and then I can like kind of pick based on a theme. Mm. July doesn't mm-hmm. really have that. Um, it is my birth month. So it is. It does have that. I was going to say, does have it is, it's the month that Clearly gave the us, best month. it's the month that gave us Chloe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> it, it's my mom's month yes. of birth as well. Ah. Uh, it's Harry Potter's uh, month of birth. It is okay. <laughs> uh, just a month, you know. It's a, it's a solid month. Um, it's 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 an excellent month. So, but ruby, <laughs> the ruby is the is the jewel of this month. By the way, yes, I actually knew that because <laughs> of my mom. I knew. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, because of Harry Potter. No, I'm kidding. Um, can you imagine if that was like really intrinsic to the plot of Harry Potter? I mean, there are rubies in laid in the sword of Gryffindor. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. This could become a Harry Potter. It won't become a Harry Potter podcast. And we're it's it's tiptoeing over the line here. It should always we should always be on that line. Um happily. 
Anyway, so this month I was I was doing the research and there was like weird national cell tower month and I was like, no, that's not what I want. Oh please. Oh yes. And then tell, tell me you went with the cell tower. I did. I did. No. And so <laughs> I was like, well, the Fourth of July is this month. What if we go for an American? Um, ah, which we've been doing, obviously. But then I was like, you know who's one of my favorites? Annie Oakley. Annie Oakley? Yeah. Great. <laughs> Let's dive in. <laughs> Annie Oakley. I actually learned some stuff I didn't know about Annie Oakley, and it makes me really happy. For example. Uh, yeah. Her name's not Annie Oakley. It's a stage name. It is. A, it is very much a stage name. Do you, guess. We can you love guess, a stage name. Can you guess what her first name is? It starts with a P. Patricia. No. Uh, Pegafer. Excellent, excellent guess. Uh, no. Okay. Phoebe. Oh. You know, I really like that name. Me too. I will say, I will say, the P guessing game is misleading when it's an F Within sound. A pH. I do. I get that. I'm I sorry. do want to. I do want to put that up. I there. apologize. I should have said it's a PH, and then that would have led you exactly to the right name. Um, I probably would have said PH balance. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> is her name Chlorine? <laughs> get out. <laughs> so her name is Phoebe Ann Mosey. Okay. So I think she was known by Annie anyway, but Phoebe mm-hmm. is her birth name. Right. right. It's like going by the middle name. I feel like one of the things I really like about Annie Oakley is that we have this perception of her uh, based on some musicals or TV shows. Um, and right. those are so patently false. Oh. And it's so entertaining. One of the one of the things that's so wrong is the fact that it like portrays her as this like very western kind of girl. She's not. She's from Ohio. That, that's actually the only thing that it is really portrayed of her. Yeah, I will say. And, and that like, when you said Annie Oakley, I was like, cool. "Howdy." Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. from Ohio. Well, okay. Yeah. Um she was born in a log cabin. Okay. Which is... It's adding up so far. Excellent. Um, so her mom... Was that unusual? I mean, I feel like not at the time. Because it was on... It's the border of Indiana and Ohio. Which I have to say that way. One of my best friends, Olivia, is from Ohio. And I always love to hear her accent. Um, right. The It's it's a cute accent. It's especially coming from her, I will say. Anyway. Um, hey, quick shout out. Quick yeah. shout out to... um hey girl hey girl how you doing um she'll hate yes um (laughs) i i it was it didn't sound natural coming out of either of our mouths no it didn't i hated it i hated it which means she'll hate it but it'll be which means that i loved it yeah well exactly um circle of life (laughs) so we're gonna go to 1860 a respectable year what a year um, August 13th of 1860. Ah. Picture August yourself. Baby. You're in a log cabin. <laughs> okay. There check. are three young children already born okay. to a family. Right. She, mm-hmm. uh, is then born. And then at f- following her, you have, uh, 
Oh, wait, no. If she's the sixth. Oh, she's, there's five children. Sorry. Hold on. Math. Mm-hmm. There are five <laughs> children <laughs> already yes. running around and she's the sixth. And then um, three more follow after she's born. That is a large amount of humans. That's a lot of children. It's a lot of children. Dude, are, are both parents in the picture? Funny you should mention that. So Susan is her mommy. Susan okay. married Jacob Mosey when she was 18 mm. and he was 49. Yeah, sure. They had nine kids, seven survived to adulthood. Um, mm. And then her dad, five years later, got hypothermia mm. from a blizzard and dies of pneumonia in Ugh. 1866. So early 1866 and I know horrific and then like a year or two later her mom gets married again Mm -hmm. and has another kid and then he dies this woman is an icon well then her second husband dies I mean no that's terrible it's so sad I'm the sheer amount of children that this woman is producing just what is that 10 it's technically she had 10 kids two of them didn't live to adulthood Right. She had a stillborn she, however, son, and then she had a... Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's horrific. And then one um, of the siblings, I think, died when she was 15. Ugh. Mary Jane. A classic name. Oh, they're great names. Mary Jane, Lydia, Elizabeth, Sarah Ellen, mm-hmm. Catherine, John, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere, Hulda. Please spell that for H-U-L-D-A. the class. H-U-L-D-A. <laughs> I don't that is e- rude and also they're like quakers <laughs> like they're english quakers like what are that you doing that is a rude thing to name and then guess child. what she names the kid after that emily hold up point two it's just emily <laughs> so there's like lydia elizabeth sarah ellen Catherine, right no John. it's like straight out of a awesome novel and then emily i would love to know why how that affected holda while growing up like do you think that her personality was more like a Hulda. It must just be. because also you you're know, when you're like because... technically the youngest of like nine. That's got to do some <sighs> stuff to you. And then like two years later, you have a new younger sibling, right? Like hmm. I'm sure I'm sure the oldest siblings at a certain point become your parents. Hundred percent. One. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um. Anywho, so sad family situation they fall into poverty annie ann phoebe the annie wasn't regularly attending school but she really wanted to learn and then when she was nine um she went to the drake county infirmary um with her sister sister uh, sarah ellen and they were basically it was a way to ensure the kids would were fed and um taken care of so um they went to live at the infirmary. Yes. But it says ah. they were admitted. It's it's an interesting thing. I wonder, you know, kind of what that all means. Um, mm-hmm. But so the, it's run by the Edgington family. And um, they're actually teaching them really good skills. But uh, a couple months later, a local family came by and wanted um, to have a, a young girl come in to um, kind of take care of a new baby. And of course, as she's the sixth of nine slash 10, she has a lot of experience with that. And so they say they'll pay her and they'll give her an education. 
And um, unfortunately, what happens is for almost two years, she's in basically slavery. Um, She is physically, sexually, mentally abused by this family. Um, In her autobiography, which I cannot find a copy of, if someone can find a copy of this for me, please send it because I just want to read all of it forever and always. Um, (laughs) She's the best. And um, I can't find it. genuinely upset. I can find quotes from it, but she calls the family, the wolves and she never names them. Like she will never tell you who they were. It's a very small community. So if she, if she did, it would be pretty easy to, um, if she even gave more hints about their names, she could, you could figure it out effectively. Um, you know, she, people guess who it is, but I'm not going to do that. Cause I don't know enough about the County and the time and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but she, yeah, she only ever called them the wolves. And she has this horrific quote about one moment in her life. And she says, suddenly the she wolf struck me across the ears, pinched my arms and threw me out the door into the deep snow and locked the door. I had no shoes on. And in a few minutes, my feet grew numb. I was slowly freezing to death. So I got down on my little knees, looked toward God's clear sky and tried to pray, but my lips were frozen stiff and there was no sound. That feels like especially traumatizing if her dad died of hypothermia hypothermia. in a blizzard. Yes. Yeah. So she ends up, and basically what's happening is they're writing letters to her family saying she's happy and healthy. And she's like, I need, like, she can't get out. And it's almost two years and mind you, when what she went in drives there, drives people to treat children like I, that. I will I never understand. I, and like to 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 knowing. I mean, if you're lying about it like that, you know that you're doing it. It's like yeah. completely malicious, hundred percent. And <sighs> yeah, and she. So she's nine when she starts working for them too. That's the thing. She's nine. She's almost eleven when she escapes, legitimately escapes, runs away in the spring of 1872, and she meets a very kind man who at the train station, who gives her money to escape. And he kind of tells her about them, or she tells him about them. And he gave her a dinner at a really good hotel, took her to the train depot and gave her the price of her ticket so that she could go home. No ulterior motives. None. She actually found kindness in the world. That is rare. It is something I was so, when I first started reading, I was like, and then this kind man, I went, no. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that was my reaction when you said it. Yeah. And and genuinely, it was like, oh my gosh, please get home to your family. Like, what? There's kindness in the world. Um, Wow. Kind of sad that both of us were like, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. Here we go. Fake nice man. Yes. Takes advantage of child once more. Child slave who escapes and... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, she goes, does make it home. I know. She makes it she home. She does. She does. She it? does. And then she, so she okay. kind of goes back to living with the Edgingtons for a bit because the situation's a little bit better there. But by the age of 14 slash 15, she's, she's pretty much back home. Um, but during this time, she's like Katniss Everdeen from the Hunger Games, beginning to hunt to support her family and to feed them. That's for some reason. Maybe because my whole family just rewatched that entire series and I reread the books. Um, that's what I was like, oh, it's like Katniss. But obviously, yeah, original. I, I was, I'm glad you explained the origin of that because I was curious. Yeah. I know it's like, that's no longer in the social consciousness of like, why would I bring it Because we just rewatched it. Because there are only so many times we can rewatch the Marvel series. 
Although we did I restart understand. again yesterday. So um, that's Then helpful. you're in for the long haul, I guess. Always. We do it like every couple of weeks now. It's fine. It's healthy. Sure. Oh, so, um, so, um, so she's living with the Edgingtons, but when she's younger, when right before she heads out to live at the Edgington, she's starting to trap animals and to shoot and to hunt. And she does that purely to feed her family. I mean, genuinely to feed her family, feed her family, excuse me. And mm-hmm. when she's older, she starts selling the game and people start like, really paying for it because she's such a good shot she I want to find the quote it's like an excellent quote where she's like get it right through the head and um you know that way you don't spoil the meat or you know like classic good shot she's a little girl she's at fully grown she's five foot is that a thing being five foot no so sorry yes I'm tall no I would never (laughs) I had to ask. No, I meant <laughs> the worst. Um, no, I meant <laughs> I meant like depending on where you <laughs> murder the animal, that changes whether the yeah whether it's edible. Well, so think about it this way: we're in the middle of the nineteen or mid to late nineteenth century. Bullets are not shaped the way you think they are; they're often round. And what happens okay. is they cause a lot of internal damage. So it, right, it's a dull right, right. object going through something that does not respond well to it. So okay, yeah, like how a dull knife hurts and cuts you a lot worse than a sharp one. Um, Never heard that. Yeah, that's why you always have to have sharp knives. A dull knife I is like the most dangerous kitchen tool. Really didn't know that. Well, I'm really glad that we can talk about knife safety on this podcast. Um, always sharpen your <laughs> knives, guys. Dull knives, you will hurt yourself. They'll slip off the object and they will cut you. Oh, wow. But a sharp knife, a sharp knife will not do that unless you're being weird with it. But if you're just trying to cook, you're fine. Mm-hmm. See, this is... We're educating This people. is a well-rounded education <laughs> podcast. Sharp <laughs> knives, guys. So if you think about it, the reason why you had so many severe casualties in the Civil War is because bullets are literal round balls and they're being shot at people right. and they're causing, it's a round object, a dull object that's being forced through someone's body. It's causing an immense amount of damage. And so okay. the same would check out for animals. And so mm-hmm. if you can shoot the animal and kill it instantly in the head, which is a more humane way of doing it anyway, you're leaving the rest of the meat, which is the whole rest of the body, completely unspoiled and undamaged. Additionally, some animals release pheromones and chemicals when they're in distress, which make the meat taste bad. And so if the animal is uh, contented and unaware of its impending demise, it doesn't Mm -hmm. have the time to do that, or if it's not stressed. So that's kind of one of the important things. And so, you know, she... She's known as being like an incredible shot and people start paying for her to hunt and she sells Mm -hmm. it to restaurants and even hotels. And by the time she's 15, she has paid off the mortgage on her family's farm. Single-handedly. That's incredible. Single-handedly. That's incredible. Oh, she's so cool. (laughs) So that year, it's 1875 Mm -hmm. for reference. She, there's this 15. She's 15. Impressed with myself. I'm going to be honest. I'm impressed with you too. Well done. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) 1860 was easy to remember. It's a good one. It's a good, it's a solid year. Um, 
It is a solid. I can't era. really name anything else that happened in 1860. I'm sure. No, not a thing. Not a thing. But at no. the moment, I, I could Google it while you continue, but I'm not going to do that. Oh, thanks, friend. Um, mm-hmm. she's 15. She's 15, and so at the time, you have a lot of like traveling shows of like circuses and different um, fairs and and um, like sideshows and acts, and one of them is a man named Frank Butler who's traveling with mm-hmm. his um he's an Irish immigrant he came to America when he was like 13 and mm-hmm. um he's part of a shooting act and um he's also a dog trainer which i kind of love and um cuz he have really cute dogs they have pictures we will post them um so yes. so she oh he he's an Irish immigrant He's been in America for a long time at this point, though. And um, he places a bet when he tra- when he travels to Cincinnati, he places a bet with a hotel owner saying that he could be any local shooter. And the hotel owner knows Annie because he buys her game. And right. he says, I-, I got a girl. So he puts up the money for the bet and... Um, Annie, who's a five foot tall, 15 year old, I think Frank even mentions later, she's wearing a pink gingham dress with a sun bonnet and she shows up and they have a shooting match and he, Frank misses on the 25th shot and Annie hits every single one. Heck yeah. And they kind of fall in love. And of course he says a quote he has was I was a beaten man the moment she appeared for I was taken off guard. And uh, yeah. And she I guess that's romantic, it, but part of me is like, no, she beat you. Yes. <laughs> but do, it wasn't I will, because you were caught off guard. No, well, I think he was caught off guard by her appearance because he, you know, he's setting up this I'm sure there's this bet being set up and he's like oh they got some local guy right no and then this mm-hmm. girl in a pink gingham dress who's five foot tall comes out sure and sure destroys him and you know how old he is at the time he's 28 okay ew i can't i can't be mad because i know that it's just not as weird right yes. back then you said and also spoiler alert he turns out to be the best guy in the world Okay, good. Yeah. Fine. Which makes me really fine. happy. So I'm like, oh, God, it's fine. Um, so he he has a French poodle named George. Yeah. And yes. Annie yes. immediately is, like, obsessed with his dog. <laughs> I understand. And there's a picture of her with George. We'll have to put it on. So we're going we're gonna to throw gonna, up a picture. It's just mo- most of the pictures I love of her are the ones with her dogs. Um. Get ready. Make sure you're following the Instagram yeah. so that yes. you can inundate your well. newsfeed with pictures of <laughs> vintage dogs. Of Annie Oakley and her dog, George, and her future dog, Dave. 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 They did well. Dave. Dave. He looks like a Dave. I'm a really big fan of human names for dogs. Me too. Really big fan. Me too. I almost like named my Jeffrey, dog. get over here. I know. You I, know? I almost named my dog something very human and then I well, he still has a person's name. You kind of did, yeah. Darcy Nugget. Fits in the time period. It really does. Um, So they start conversing with letters, and then they start courting. And mm-hmm. he doesn't drink. He won't gamble. 
He is a hmm. talk about a straight shooter. <laughs> Stop. Yes. Stop it. I'm wanting to do Stop. that. No, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. And I, there's like a note in front of you going. <laughs> there's not a Get note. This joke in there somewhere. <laughs> but I, it's it's something that I was waiting to say. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. You really pulled the trigger on that one. Ooh, get out. Um, (laughs) So a year later, 1876, they get married and she becomes his assistant as he's performing. And that that wasn't something like, oh, we're going to relegate her to a side role. That's something she was like, yeah, I'll start. I'll join the family biz, you know, and um, because he already has a learn the ropes. Yeah. He already has a show partner too. So, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, they start performing and she has a quote that I love so much um, about Frank. She says, what fools we mortals must be. My admiration for Frank Butler's poodle led me into signing some sort of alliance papers with him that tied a knot so hard it lasted some 50 years. Oh, it's like, that's cute. It's so cute. And so they they tour around. They're part of a different kind of uh, group and company. They're living in Cincinnati for a bit, and um, they start uh, basically performing through a circus. And mm-hmm. it, uh, Frank does, and his partner. And um, in eighteen eighty two, so a couple of years later, you got to fast forward a bit. In eighteen eighty two, um, Frank's partner. Um, What's his name? Jack. No. Some classic. John. I was close. <laughs> I said Jack. Jake. John. Close. Yeah, sure. It's John. John it's becomes, a J name. Yeah. John, John becomes sick. And so Annie steps in to perform. And mm-hmm. um, he, Frank did not do a great job. And she was actively there helping. And some spectator apparently yelled, let the girl shoot. And of course she was incredible. And I'm, I'm sure it's also more of a circus act to have a female doing it. 112%. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So she performs so well. People start talking about this woman who's like the most incredible sharpshooter. A couple of years later, they sign with, um, the Buffalo Bill, uh, Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. And she ends up uh, basically becoming the front woman of this act. And so Frank, in a oh, just a marvelous turn of events, realizes her star power and her quality. And he steps into the background as her assistant and lets her become the star. Hmm. Which how many men now would even do that? Uh, with some with something so kind of weirdly mm, innately socially masculine as guns and shooting mm-hmm. you know and he does it for his wife <laughs> and like i mean hopefully becomes her assistant yeah to me it does seem like it, monetarily it does genuinely just make more sense like it's more of a circus attraction it is, but at this point, they're no longer with a circus. They're with a very respectable show that is very okay. famous. And it's less about that. And it's more about like the experience because Buffalo Bill found, find, you know, creates this show so to bring the West to the rest of the country and the experience mm-hmm. of it, however accurate or not. Um, and so, you know, 
there's this woman who's performing. And something I love about um, Annie is she ends up, uh, so at the time, women who were performers were not often the most respectable of ladies. And she, <laughs> or or they didn't have the reputation um, for that. Right, right. right. So she uh, refuses to wear anything but outfits she designed herself, which is what she's famous for. It's a starched white collar shirt with a high necked blouse and a long skirt that allows her to move, but, you know, keeps her modest. And mm-hmm. she made it, there's a quote of her saying later, like the only thing I ever wanted to be was a lady. And so that's, she's extremely conscious of her reputation and that will come into play huh. later. And she's extremely uh-huh. conscious of keeping her reputation reputable and respectable. That's very important. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, so even, and she doesn't see a disconnect between what she does and, you know, her reputation, but she sees, she understands that that's not an innate part of her profession at the time is a respectable, a respectable reputation. And so she works extra mm-hmm. hard to ensure that hers remains intact, which I think is really interesting. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, she's performing for a couple years and then the Indian chief, um, sitting bull, Native American chief sitting bull meets her at a show and he can't believe the way that she's shooting. So he gives her a nickname, um, which translates to little sure shot, little sure shot. And so she ends up cause she's so small. Um, So she ends up kind of going by that name and that name becomes part of her like advertisements. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like one of the ways that she becomes known. And, and yeah, so she's just like living her best life. She's performing, she's moving around. Um, She and Frank are still doing real well. And she would shoot cards, playing cards out of the air. She'd like split a playing card um, one of the things she would do would be, um, there's a picture of this that we will have. 
she would shoot an apple off of her dog Dave's head. And she was also a great equestrian. And so, yeah, I know. So she. Dave. Dave. I know. That photo stresses me out beyond belief. (laughs) She would shoot um, over her shoulder using a hand mirror. Um, And I mean, she. What's the quote? She could split a playing card held edge on. She hit dimes tossed in the air. She shot, shot cigarettes from her husband's lips. Um, and it, she shot, one time she shot a, um, she shot at a burning candle and she snuffed out the flame with a bullet. Very cool. So she's, Like with the air whizzing by. Yeah. So she's, I mean, Very what cool. she's doing is really exceptional and Basically, they just become really well known. And so she has a little bit of a rivalry with a other sharpshooting woman named Lillian Smith, mm. who at the time, no, so now Annie's like 26, um, Lillian is 15. And so they're, they kind of have a, a pretty intense rivalry, actually. Lillian kind of eggs everyone on, and Annie won't ever talk poorly about her but basically is like through my reputation I will show you how I'm the best one kind of thing and um like a lady like a lady and Lillian had a not great reputation before because I think she was a burlesque dancer or something and so Annie was like oh I am better than that um the 15 year old again 19th century sure sure um and so she actually Annie leaves the show for a couple years um but then returns. So uh, when Lillian Smith leaves, she comes back, I think. I don't know if that's oh, like, the exact reason why she left. Um, mm-hmm. But she definitely did. But it but it could have been. Could have been. And so she ends up... She also could have been due for a little break. It sounds like she was working nonstop for like a decade. Well, and you have to remember too, like these are pretty intense show schedules. And these are long kind of performances. And, and you know, she's... Never is her reputation changed. I think what's really incredible, she consistently is that good of a shot. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like statistically impossible and I love it. Um, <laughs> and so she travels around and um, the show actually ends up going abroad. So for two years, they go abroad and they leave in like 1887 and they're gone for until 18, like 89, 1890. And one of the reasons they leave is to go to the um, Paris Exposition of 1889. And, mm-hmm. um, but they end up traveling all over Europe. They go to London, they meet the Queen um, and or Queen Victoria, and they go to, um, you know, Naples, they go to Italy, they go to Russia, they go, I mean, literally all over the place. And France and Italy, and she reportedly shoots the ashes off of Kaiser Wilhelm's cigar. Um, and she has a quote, if my aim had been poor, I might have averted the Great War. <laughs> Jeez. I love her. Um, and in one example, um, she saves the life of a royal prince when a animal starts bucking at him and she like gets in there and wrangles him, wrangles the um, the horse and blocks him from kicking this prince and saves his life. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, she was like, people were just 
obsessed with her. And, um, you know, she just has this incredible reputation and she meets it. That's something I just can't get over. Um, and so they're traveling around Europe and, and there are all these really great quotes. And I, I love that. Um, Queen Victoria reportedly said, you are a very, very clever little girl, which is so demeaning because she's a woman, but there you go. Um, <laughs> Queen Victoria was but also, also I extremely mean, like, she... short. So. Right. It, but it, it seems like she has, based on these quotes, a level of cleverness in, you know, the way that she speaks and the way that she responds to things. And I'm sure she has great showmanship because of it. Absolutely. And it's like probably extremely charming when you meet her. I'm sure. And also um, after the slight tiff with Lillian Smith, she actually changes, changes her age to be like five or six years younger. So that it's more like of like a lies sp- about her age. Yeah. So that she's more of like a, uh, you know, there's a spectacle to her being that young. Right. Which is, I think, really interesting. Um, yeah. So she is very famous at this mm. point in the United States. And now she's inter- internationally famous. I mean, truly internationally famous. And you have to think about it this way. At the time, she's like the highest paid performer in the world. I mean, Ooh. yeah. She earned more money in the show than any other performer except for Buffalo Bill himself. And she also (laughs) did other shows, so she earned extra income. And, I mean, she was doing extremely well, uh, which I love. And, again, just like the notoriety was such that it it made sure that she kind of um, became not obsessive, but very... I guess, more intense about her reputation and Mm. about the respectable nature of her reputation. Right. If people are suddenly all over the world talking about her, she wants to control that narrative a little bit. Exactly. To the best of her ability, which, of course, no one ever really can. Yeah, that sounds pretty human. I'm sure celebrities of our day would agree. Yes, I agree. Um, So, you know... She continues to perform for a bit. She and her husband end up buying a place in New Jersey, which is so upsetting. Um, and <laughs> in like 1892, and then they live in Maryland for a little bit. And she kind of wants to retire, but she kind of can't really. She like just can't. She's one of those. Um, and I relate. Oh, same. Mm-hmm. So there's starting to be hints that there could be a war brewing, the Spanish-American War. And um, in around 1898, she writes a letter to President McKinley offering the government the services of a company of 50 lady sharpshooters who could provide their own arms and ammunition should the U.S. go to war with Spain. And they ignore her and like turn, turn it down. What an incredible resource being offered. I know. And there's actually, there is a copy of this letter, but you can't read it. Like. Like it's illegible? Yes. Completely illegible. I mean, I'm trying. I tried a couple days ago. Is, is there a reason? Her handwriting sucked. <laughs> can't be good at everything, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Do you think they just couldn't read the letter? 
No, I think basically they were like, no, we don't want a lady. All right. And then they lost. Exactly. But this speaks to a larger goal on her part, which is that she believes women should be trained for combat, which is very interesting. And Mm -hmm. also she has a quote and I'm going to read it because she says, I believe every woman should learn how to shoot. It would give confidence and power of self-protection. And above all, it would teach them grace and poise. You cannot imagine how shooting demands perfect balance and how shooting vanishes carelessness and slovenly ways. Okay. But again, it speaks more to the idea that she believes a woman should be able to defend herself. No, I mean, that was, yeah, that was, that was clear in that sentence in a really cool way. And she says later something I love. God intended women to be outside as well as men, and they do not know what they are missing when they stay cooped up in the house. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Reading about like, you know, in general, women sitting indoors for their lives is very distressing. That as well. And she basically says, (laughs) I believe a woman should be as comfortable holding uh, holding a gun as they are holding a baby. Right. Okay. (laughs) Which, I mean, there, there are aspects of it that I find wonderful that she believed the you know the underlying message of it, is it great. Exa- i was gonna say i hate guns it yeah it's it's a tough argument to be in you know 2021 america exactly and to to be pro-gun is is difficult but yeah so many weird it's words. she's she i i like her her um her viewpoint on women's empowerment and also the idea that it can train the mind i think that's something she saw this as a semi-intellectual activity it's something that unites the body and the mind and forces them to work together in a very meaningful way and of course Mm -hmm. for her shooting provided independence she as a young girl fed her family and paid off a mortgage Mm -hmm. additionally makes a career out of it yeah, hopefully just enjoys it. And I think also. she she seems to love it, which is something I think is really wonderful. And Yeah, it's like lovely to find your passion and to be able to support yourself through it. Absolutely. And of course, the idea that a woman should be allowed to protect themselves is huge, given her own right. you know, history of abuse. And absolutely. she is, however, one thing I love, she believes fervently anyone who wants to use a gun for any reason needs to take lessons in appropriate gun use. She does say that. I do like that as well. And apparently throughout her life, she teaches over 15,000 women how to shoot. Yeah, when you said 50, I was surprised. When you said in in the letter that she mentioned 50 sharpshooters. Well, that's for the war. No, no, I know, I know. I'm saying I just, up until that point, we had only discussed two. Oh, yeah. Well, I think so, and when when you said there were 50, I was like, oh, okay. It was more the idea that she could say, I could train them and you could have this elite squad of women. And they basically sure. turn her down and then are idiots and then get into another dumb war. Well, classic. It is. That's how it goes. There are some great pictures of her um, teaching women and girls how to shoot that we will post because I love them. Yay. Yay. And... Well, I, I mean, quick reminder, I I haven't seen any of this, so I'm excited to see too. <laughs> That's true. Um, so in 1901, she gets in a train accident. She's horrifically mm. injured. She has, she's Jeez. temporarily paralyzed, and she ends up having five Jeez. surgeries on her spine. Oh my gosh. And then 
A train accident? Yeah, which Ugh. were fairly common. Ugh. Yeah. I hate that. Yes. <laughs> okay. We all do. Five surgeries. So she ends up leaving the Buffalo Bill show, and there's a story that she goes around performing in a stage play written for her, but I don't really, I haven't really read anything else about it, so I'm going to say maybe. Inconclusive. Yes. Um, so one of the things I love, because Chloe, you said, oh, I haven't seen any of this stuff. One of the things that you're going to love to see mm-hmm. are some actual videos of her shooting. Incredible. Yeah, wait, that really is That's kind thing. of happening at the same time as the beginning of film. Yeah, well, so Thomas Edison was friends with Buffalo Bill. Of course, yeah, okay, sure, why not? <laughs> and, yeah, why not? Yeah, and so Edison films Buffalo Bill and some of his shows in like 1894. And then, oh, yes. of course, they see Annie Oakley and Frank Butler. And he's like, I got a shooter. And it's called The Little Sure Shot of the Wild West, an exhibition of rifle shooting at glass balls, etc. Yes. And it was shot in a studio. And it's the 11th film made, like almost ever. I love this. And it's awesome. I've watched a lot of those early films. I've never seen this one. This That's one's so great because you just see her shooting and you see the way that she and Frank are such a team. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. cool to see just like a well-oiled machine, um, mm-hmm. like working together. It's just, it was really awesome. And there's a couple other, so there's two other videos of them like in the Buffalo Bill show, but it, they're very difficult to see, like genuinely to see what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I think- this is the best one to watch just because you can see up close and personal, like what she's shooting and how she's shooting. Um, Incredible. It's so cool. So she and her husband are like semi-retired at this point. I think they kind of come out and they kind of, you know, perform occasionally, but they're, they're also getting a little bit older. And she's mostly recovered from all the surgeries for the most part. Yeah. Um, Okay. And so something happens, I think is hilarious in my perspective, not for her, I'm sure. So in 1903, a headline appears in one of William Randolph Hearst's new newspapers said, stole to get cocaine, Annie Oakley, once famous rifle shot, almost a physical wreck. Well, that's not very nice. So what happens is a woman... In Chicago, steals, okay. I think, money to get cocaine to feed a habit. Okay. And when arrested, gives Annie Oakley as her name. And all the newspapers publish all of it. <gasps> and. That is diabolical. Turns out the woman is a burlesque performer. Uh-huh. And what ends up happening is Annie loses her mind because this is her yeah perfect reputation down the train absolutely and she's very angry and so she files 55 libel suits against newspapers across the country wow and she sues like hearst and all of them Uh and she says 
like regarding his newspaper, someone will pay for this dreadful mistake. Wow. So does it work? She hires the best lawyers. And for, I believe, five years, she wins 54 out of 55 lawsuits and was awarded $800,000 in damages. Because she needed the money, you know? She just wanted to well, feed her family. Well, she spent a ton of money defending her honor. Yeah, on lawyers. She actually yeah. spent well, also, a lot of her the money. Problem, mm-hmm. The problem also is with public opinion, once it's in the air... That's it. All the lawyers in the world can't really change that. And she seemed to have known that, too. Yeah. Oh, that's devastating. I know. Someone lied and it just completely ruined everything for her. I mean, that's like... It's, she didn't even have control over that. Nope. Ugh, it hurts. It does. It does. And so... It's like a, it's like a you know, free Britney parallel. Oh, my God. So upsetting. Um, yeah. So at this point, she's getting older. That was a lot of work. And around 1912, she and her husband moved to Maryland. And it's like the one place you can go where she actually lived now, I think. It's in Cambridge. Um, mm-hmm. And then in 1917, they actually moved to North Carolina. And then they kind of go around touring a little bit more. Um, and part of it is to extend her philanthropy for women's rights and other causes. She wasn't, she would not necessarily have identified as a feminist. Again, that term is anachronistic. She wouldn't have known. And I don't know what her thoughts would have been on the values of that movement. But mm-hmm. um, she does support women being independent and being able to earn money and, um, you know, obviously defend and support themselves. So that, that, that in and of itself is fairly revolutionary and, and a big deal. Mm-hmm. So she and her husband get in a car accident in 1922. She ends up, no. ha- yeah, she ends up having to wear a steel brace on her leg. And what the heck? I think Dave died in a car accident, like the next year, which is horrific. No, Not Dave. I know. Please, not Dave. And then in 1925, she dies of pernicious anemia in Ohio at the age of 66. What is pernicious anemia? I don't know. Oh, no, she dies in 1926. Oof. 1926. Okay. That's how math works. So she dies like the 3rd of November and Frank dies the 21st of November. He like stopped eating. Oh, he died of a broken heart. He did. He did. That really really does happen. I know. And when she had been writing an autobiography and it was given to a friend and then they later discovered they they had no children. So it was discovered that she had spent all of their money on her family and various charitable endeavors. All of it. Wow. Wow. Even the medals that she wears in one of her famous portraits. She used to wear all of her medals, like her winnings. She melted them Mm -hmm. down to donate. Did they have kids? No. They did not have kids. They did okay, not. interesting. So she didn't feel a need to, you know, have something for her lineage. It was more no. just like I'm I'm living in the here and now and I'm going to help who I can while I can. I definitely think the latter. I don't know if she would have said that. I think you know, maybe they couldn't have kids. We don't know. There's nothing kind of that's one of the things I kind of like is that that's not really part of the discussion about her life. It's not like, oh, she didn't have kids, how sad, which is always what happens with women. Right, right, right. But it's, you know, maybe it was because of the itinerant nature of their work and it wasn't 
like a calm environment or, you know, a stable one to raise a kid. Maybe they didn't want any because she had nine siblings and was like, I'm good. (laughs) Right. You know, so. Yeah. I think. Oh, and one of the things I love that she always used to do during the show, she was known for giving out free tickets to orphans and to people who wanted to come see the shows. Like she would just give the money out. And those tickets became so well known that she became so well known for doing that. that The complimentary tickets became known as Annie Oakley's. That's so sweet. I know. And so one of the things I think is interesting is of course, the reason we know Annie Oakley is because of a show that came out in the 1950s and also the very famous musical, Annie, get your gun. Mm -hmm. And Let's just talk about that for a second. That musical basically completely reverses the idea of what Annie Oakley stood for. She is not a hick doing, you know, not, she's not an unintelligible hick. She doesn't, you know, Frank is not a coarse womanizing man. He is one of the most respectable historical men we've had the pleasure of talking about a rare gem, a rare gem, literally. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, basically (laughs) she ends up, they don't really end up splitting up and leaving each other. They get married and then they start performing. And, um, one of the things I hate is the end of the show is so written by men, um, that basically, she's told to lose a match so that um, Frank can get his pride back and his ego, and then they can get married because she can't get a man with a gun. That's like, so not anything she actually stood for. And then again, public opinion becomes <laughs> that she's this like semi something, something out of her control. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's this like, Oh, she's this kind of cute, sexy little girl figure, which, you know, there's a whole unfortunate nature of that in our culture. Um, and she, you know, is kind of this country gal who gets into show business and blah, blah, blah. But no, like that's not. Well, I don't think that they promised to tell an accurate Oh no. Historical life story type situation. But I think, you know, it's sad that that becomes public opinion. Exactly. Exactly. And really in the end, I think, you know, what she stood for was the idea that women can do anything a man can do as long as they're given the same opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, women have the right to defend themselves, to provide for their families, can do it, and additionally can enjoy their lives and go around doing things that make them happy and have a supportive, equitable marriage. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Rare. Very rare. And I just, I really enjoyed getting to know the real Annie Oakley a little bit. That was fun. I will say that's probably, besides the 17 auto accidents... <laughs> <laughs> that is, and also the you know initial ptsd of the first 15 years of her life correct arguably the uh the happiest life we've heard about i'd say so 
that. Again, you know, putting aside all of the... <laughs> the abuse as a child and... Yeah, the abuse and, and, the, and the, the train wreck, the yeah. car wreck. But yeah. <laughs> wow. I think she has a quote where she says, sitting still is the hardest work you can do. Oh, I agree with that. My gal, that is her. Love that. We adore Big her. Big fan of that quote. Mm-hmm. She's great. She's just great. Um, Thanks for thinking of her and bringing her to today, to this educational podcast. <laughs> Stop with the educational bit. No. <laughs> Happy to Once do it. Once this joke starts, it, it will, will continue. I know. Talk about a rumor <laughs> just taking hold. Um. <laughs> wow. Really brought that right back around. You got to do it. You got to do it. You simply got to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I think she's just, I had so much fun reading about her. And maybe it was nice to also have a woman who wasn't <laughs> so sad and traumatized <laughs> for her entire life. Just the beginning. Um, right. Just the, just the little beginning. Just bit. the childhood trauma that, of course, doesn't affect you as you move forward. Um, sure, 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 mm-hmm. sure, sure. And <laughs> I just like... Can't wait for everyone to look at the pictures and and to watch this video we actually have. And uh, if anyone finds the biography, please send it to me. DM a link to it on the Historically Badass Broads Instagram where you can also find all of these dog images that I'm so excited to see. Get ready. Dave. Dave and George. Dave and George, Mm -hmm. they're going to be the stars of this Instagram. So get ready for that. Get ready for that. Just (laughs) pictures of Dave and George. I mean, you know, unfortunately, you've you've allowed me to (laughs) to post whatever I want. So it'll be a lot of dogs. (laughs) That's what that's all I want is. is I can't wait. I cannot wait. I say that having to go back now to my actual dog. Oh, I know. Say hi to Darcy for me. I will. He's being good today. We're proud of him. Good. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in one month. Exactly one month. Count the days. Oh, gosh. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 